The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Tuesday, September 24th. Week 3 is in the books. This is CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host. we got a super friend show. Pretty excited. Always fun to have another chat with my pals here. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and Sean Wagner-McGough. What's up, fellas? As the number one super friend, I would like to be the first to wish Sean a happy birthday. Wow. I know where I rank on his list of super friends in this podcast. I know where you rank, Princeton. And uh, as the guy at the top, I just want to throw it out and start off there. I, I mean, I got to say, the fact that I told Princeton three minutes ago before we started recording that he could <laughs> give me a birthday shout-out, and then he didn't do it, and you got in ahead of him, that's that's both impressive on your part and, frankly, a little disappointing uh, from Brinson. Uh, I think it's, it's predictable. Thankfully, thankfully, there's a way for Brinson to make it up to me. It's to put something in the mail. <laughs> hey, Brinson, let me ask you this. Sean, Sean just, you can't mail drugs across the country. So by the, by the way, can I just point out, nobody was, nobody was seen this, but Sean like blushed when Breach wished him a happy birthday, even though he'd asked for a happy birthday wish three minutes before. Sean's very like, oh, me? Oh, guys. So, <laughs> a couple, thanks, a couple Breach. Questions. I appreciate it. Happy birthday, Sean. Happy birthday, Sean. A couple Sean, questions. Sean is 27, and for his 27th birthday, I will, I'll find a way to get a student. No, no. I, wow. I'm very surprised that you credited me with my proper age, and you were going to say Sean's 21, and he's about to no, go no. out for his first drink tonight or something. No, so, I'm, thank I'm, you. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ramp up the, the, we, we, we go back and forth with each other. This is a bit of a bit. Like we like to, we all like to joke around with each other, but somebody, some idea of me was like, yeah, it's a little much. Okay. So maybe take it down a notch. So I'm, I'm going to take it down a notch. <laughs> also very exciting. So I was, was it very- HR that DM'd you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sean, I'm getting you a Tinder subscription for your birthday. <laughs> Honestly, breach. I would take it. Okay. Good. Uh, so mail. listen. Um, do you have to pay it for a subscription for Tinder? Don't you just, you just get more like you he can knows see who likes you and stuff. There's just more. Uh, there's more. So, um, wait, listen. I would like to say something. You've interrupted uh, me 12 times. And this is very important. <laughs> um, what were you guys doing when you were 27? Oh, I I got married when I was 27. So Sean is not up to, up to snuff with me yet. And Behind look how successful you. I am. Breach, what were you doing 10 years ago or 11 years ago? I was covering high school sports in Atlanta, Georgia, when I was 27. Who was the most important person you interviewed back then that's now famous? Or maybe not famous now, but they were then. 
you know, I probably, if I thought about it, I could, I talked to Matt Ryan. He was second year okay. Falcons. Yeah. I talked to Charlie White, her sister, who, <laughs> who was a high school basketball coach, uh, for oh, one of the girls teams in the area. So that was another little interesting connection. Brinson, what were you, you were your senior year of college. <laughs> that's, that's roughly correct. Um, was it for 2008? No, no, no. I, mean, I was working with you, man. I was at Fan House. Was oh, God, you were. That's right. Yeah, I was living, I was living in Winston-Salem and, uh, as my wife is called your sad little apartment with your cat. Uh, that's when you met John Daly and you wore that stupid hat to the Hooters. Yeah, bro, my brossom.com had it. Yeah, I was, I was writing for a bunch of websites and when I uh, interviewed, yeah, I was, I mean, so I was my, my closest comp is Brinson. Here, yep. unfortunately. <laughs> but wow. look, you're gonna have dark days ahead. Yeah. Oh wait, I just thought of two people I interviewed that I want to throw out real quick because they're real random. I interviewed the guy from Cash Cab. Oh, uh, I love that guy. Oh. Well, he, he was he was doing a stand up comedian tour. I didn't know he was a stand up comedian, so he was doing little uh, places around, and he showed up in Atlanta. And I interviewed Tom Green, and it was the least funniest or entertaining interview I've ever been a part of in my life, which was mildly surprising. I'm All right, was, I, I would I would um. I think I'd probably left for that travel website at that point. So, uh, I guess I'd already interviewed Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was the first ever, uh, athlete interview I did. It was, <laughs> he was incredibly gracious over the phone. Uh, anyway, let's move along. Happy birthday, Sean. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Thanks, dads. Yeah, you're welcome. And your cousin, Breach. Uh, <laughs> Bears and, uh, Bears and Redskins played a game of football on Monday night. It was uh, actually more exciting. That I think most people really anticipated. Final score 31. Bears 31. Redskins 15. The Bears covered easily. I won my picks pool. Woo! Um, exciting. But, uh, Jay Gruden now falls to 0-3. That Redskins under that I think we harped on a lot before the season looks pretty good. Six and a half wins. I mean, they're going to struggle to get to seven wins at this point. Um, the Bears two and one now and the defense was outstanding. Uh, would you like to take a victory lap on the, uh, a birthday victory lap on the defensive regression, uh, topic, Sean? I will do it for that, but like, to be honest, I'm not that excited about what I saw. Even though Trubisky played his best performance of the season, I thought a lot of that credit goes to Matt Nagy for drawing up a lot of easy throws. I mean, his first two touchdowns were two of the easiest touchdowns that any quarterback on the planet could have thrown. And I mean, he, in the second half, you kind of saw the old Trubisky, pop up and the interception that he threw to Josh Norman in the end zone intended for Allen Robinson was as bad of a red zone interception that I think you will see. And it kind of briefly let the Redskins back into the game to the point where we were going to report this podcast early and we had to kind of hold off because it looked like the Redskins might pull off this miracle comeback. So my takeaway is that I don't think I learned anything from this game. The Bears defense is going to do this to bad quarterbacks. They're going to pick off guys three times, which is what they did to Case Keenum. They're going to get after quarterbacks who are behind bad offensive lines and the Redskins could not block uh, uh, Leonard Floyd or Khalil Mack most of the night and so and that was really the root of the problems and this Bears offense should have had a good game against a Redskins defense that has underperformed to this point in the season I want to see this type of Trubisky performance against a good team before I celebrate it this is the kind of game I expected them to win but I don't I don't walk away from this game suddenly feeling like, oh, the Bears are back on track. The Bears are going to the Super Bowl. It's a win they should have gotten, but I want to see them do it next week against the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say what I've said the previous weeks talking about the Bears. And I actually sort of second-guessed myself during the middle of the game when I thought this. But if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm thinking about Chase Daniel. Because as Sean pointed out, it's anyone can throw those 
those touchdown passes we saw in the first half. Sean could throw those touchdown passes blindfolded left-handed. Tim Tebow could throw those touchdown passes right-handed. I mean, it wasn't – he didn't do anything that blew you away. He, he was still wildly inaccurate. He still sometimes holds the ball too long. It felt like nay, he was trying to uh, cultivate a game plan where the ball got out of his hands quickly, and sometimes it didn't, sometimes it, sometimes it, it did. But if you're going to be competitive in this division, which is suddenly really good because of our guy Matt Patricia turning things around in Detroit, then I do wonder if Chase Daniel <laughs> is the answer. And then if the, if the comeback to that is, well, what if he isn't the answer? Well, then you take him out because if you're already considering um, Trubisky not being the answer, you have to have some other alternative, and maybe that's Chase Daniel, maybe it's someone else. But you can't just stick with Trubisky because he's a guy you drafted in the first round, second overall trade up to get, even though he continues to be lower than replacement level week in and week out. I mean, I think – you're doing a little bit of a disservice to Trubisky tonight. I mean, I'm not going to say he was the most accurate passer. His ball placement was off, but he only threw six incompletions. I thought he was okay, and we saw Chase Daniel That's a couple a terrible times defense, though, Sean. We saw Chase Daniel no, a couple times last season. Just, and a quick, a, just a quick aside. Like I, <laughs> like, I can tell that Sean's voice is a little bit lower. Like, his, his volume is a little bit lower than it normally would be. Uh, it's because I'm more Sean, mature because I'm turning 27. Yeah, yeah mature. mature. It's because his elderly neighbor slipped a well, note. No, not elderly. Is it like your age? I haven't met him, but I think he's like his neighbor has a probably 10 years older job. than me. He has a nine to five job, and he he. I understand his his neighbor not wanting someone to yell. And to yeah, Sean's credit, Sean was actually quite. Um, What's the word? Willing to listen to his neighbor and trying to meet in the middle. Yeah, so I, I that. Yeah, well, makes anyone, you the bad neighbor, Sean. Now you're just going to be his whipping boy. Look, I apologize to my neighbor. I blamed it entirely on Brinson, saying that when he yells at me, i got to yell back. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to get a more mature, a more subdued um, Sean on, on this podcast for the foreseeable future. Brinson, what's the over-under in minutes until Sean explodes? Uh, well, look, it, look, it's a lot easier to be – Nice and calm after your team whips up on a, uh, like, like you, like, the, like the Bears basically went out to the schoolyard playground as a fifth grader and played a basketball against a first grader. I mean, like that, like, congratulations on beating up on the Redskins. Did you, I don't know if you guys saw the Roto, Roto World tweet out, um, you know, Roto World, uh, football thing is like automatically tweets out their headlines. It was Keenum Wet's bed with three interceptions <laughs> and three fumbles on Monday Night Football. Wet's bed. That's tough, man. Yeah. But, it, but it's true. Look, I, I, I don't, look, you can't bench Trubisky. Thank you. It's insane. What are you talking about? They're two and one. He just came off the best performance of the season that he's yeah, had. He's, too. Look, that's he's, that's he's, the indictment. John has something to say that's probably. Uh, I was going to say, you know who you can bench, but I'll let Brenton finish his point. Look, Trubisky is bad against good defenses and good against bad defenses, and you got some bad defenses coming he up. He wasn't good tonight. He was fine. He had one he terrible fine. pass. He was good. He was fine. He had one awful, really effing awful pass. That he shorted and Josh Norman committed pass interference. No, he didn't. Me, and it cost me a bunch of money, and that's fine. And it cost me my fantasy fantasy win. That's fine. Whatever, troops. Um, but look, that was his only bad pass. That was his only huge mistake of the night. What what else did he do, Ryan? Uh, Sean, would you admit that he airmailed a couple passes downfield that he especially in the beginning? There was a free play down the left sideline he had in the first half that I can't remember who it was. Anthony Miller, I think it was, running free with four steps on the guy, and it hit Anthony Miller's hand, but it would have been a spectacular one-handed catch. And those are the kind of throws that I don't feel any confidence when he actually lets it go that he can actually hit those with consistency. So, look again, I'm not going to sit here and you know Trubisky's MVP candidate. We're on track. 
But I the think only, we saw some progress today. He only attempted two two uh two balls more than twenty yards down the field. The one, the touchdown to Taylor Gabriel, I think you can say it was a pretty good throw. I mean he yeah. I mean like Gabriel had to make a great adjustment on it, but you know, true it was a difficult throw to make. Um and look, he's still young. I mean, this is just burying this guy and going to chase Daniel and we I'm not burying him. Just saying you have to consider it. <laughs> and they just won. Against no, who? Because their defense forced five turnovers. You six, but, but you that won't defense is gonna be there still. Yeah, you don't bench your quarterback after a win like that. That's insane. I didn't say after the win. I said this is something you have to consider if you're Matt Nagy because he keeps doing the same things he's done for a year and a half. By the way, my dog likes to run out on our deck and stare at my neighbor's house and bark at like 11:40 p.m. And he always, our neighbor Dan is like the nicest guy. He's like, oh, so you're the bad neighbor in this. Wait, so he's like, is your neighbor nicer than Sean's neighbor? Yeah, he's like, he like told AK one time, he's like, hey, George really likes to bark sometimes at night, doesn't he? It's like, oh, sorry, Dan. That's what like, a neighbor says when he's planning to murder your dog. <laughs> I've, I've, for the record, I've been the bad neighbor here. What was your point about benching Quan? Oh, you're going to say bench Keenum, maybe? Bench yeah, Keenum? I was going to say bench Keenum. But first, I want to say that Sean, as our resident Bears fan in Guru, I'm surprised at how little credit you're giving the Bears for winning this game. Just saying, like, oh, it's just the Redskins. I mean, Yes, the Redskins are winless, but if you watch what they did in the first two weeks against the Eagles, that was a 21-20 game in the fourth quarter. That was a game the Redskins absolutely could have won. They played the Cowboys last week. That was a 21-14 game in the fourth quarter that the Redskins were in and could have won. So two decent teams were the Redskins. I mean, this team could be 2-0 if the ball had bounced a little bit differently, but probably not because the Cowboys end up winning by 10 points, I think. But the point is, I think the Redskins are a little bit better than maybe you guys are giving them credit for. And the Bears just pummeled them. I mean, this is like five uppercuts to the face to start the game. And Washington never had a chance to be in this game. I mean, it, I, I, all of us were ready to turn this thing off by halftime. And then the Redskins just lingered and like made us watch it. Then ready to turn off in the third quarter. They lingered a little more. And then watched it in the fourth quarter, even though nobody wanted to because we knew the Bears were going to win. But... The fact, like, this kind of dominating win over a team that has not been dominated this year, I think is impressive. Uh, let me add I, quickly, before you go on, Sean, just let me add. Um, Trubisky's ranked, like, 29th in, in DVA, according to Football Outsiders, but he's ahead of, coming into week three, he's ahead of Kirby Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston. So That's a good thing to what I was going to say is, I think at this point in the season, three games, obviously, a lot can change, but I look at the Bears and Vikings very in very similar ways because I think these are two teams that can beat up on bad teams because they have such good defenses, but it's the quarterback um, in the, against a good defense that I don't really have a lot of faith in. And, you know, in Washington, a lot of that has to do with an offensive line. And that's actually why I like the bears chances against the Redskins or sorry, against the Vikings. That said, Akeem Hicks did leave the game with a knee injury. Um, he did not return. Um, I think that is something to keep an eye on. And also worth noting the Bears' offensive line, I think, has been really disappointing to this point in the season. In a way, more disappointing than Trubisky because we knew there were question marks about Trubisky. I mean, I thought this offensive line was going to be a pretty good unit because they were last year, and they have not been quite the same. And they were without their right tackle tonight um, because he was ill. But we look at a lot of David Montgomery fantasy owners complaining about his lack of yards, and I know he ripped off a couple at the end. I think a lot of that is because of the run blocking has been so bad. He's breaking two or three tackles every single carry he gets. I can't handle this tiny, this like soft Sean. I can't handle it. It's like pillow talk that you hear on soft radio, <laughs> on, on adult radio. We need uh, like NPR background music because he's basically <laughs> just doing NPR, NPR right now. 
all I mean, things just... considered. <laughs> um, but I will not raise my voice. Yeah. So, by the way, Jay Gruden said he was not going to plan on ma- he was not planning on making a change at the quarterback position. They're going to go with uh, Ben with Case Keenum instead of Dwayne Haskins. Putting for me, Dwayne- look for me crushing um, troops. I thought Case Keenum did pretty well with what he had, which is not a lot. What? Were we watching the same game? I, right, I, I'm going to start, I'm I gonna start yelling. Like, now. Here's you. the thing. And I, I kind of agree with Wilson. Not so much that I don't think this is an Eli Manning, Daniel Jones situation. If I look at the Redskins schedule and I'm Jay Gruden, I just say, you know what? They play the, the Patriots in week five. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to keep Case in until week five. I don't care what happens. I'm not benching them. And then after that, they play the Dolphins, the 49ers, you know, uh, two games where Dwayne Haskins is not going to get murdered. You cannot put Dwayne Haskins in against the Chicago Bears defense. That would have been absolutely like, killer for his career you just don't want to start your rookie quarterback off in that situation so I do think that he made the right decision tonight not putting him in because it just would have been annihilation and Haskins would have had zero confidence going forward so I, by the way if you take out the Statue of Liberty fumble and the fumble jumping over the line of scrimmage he had a great night <laughs> the fumble. Yeah, I was just gonna say what about Ryan, the Ryan, wait Ryan just said a quarterback who had three interceptions and three fumbles Played okay. He has he has one player on offense. His name's Terry McLaurin. He's a rookie. By the way, all three interceptions were his fault. They were terrible throws. The fumbles were his fault. He, he what? Besides the quarterback sneak, which he ran in the middle of the field as if he was trying to score a touchdown by exposing the, the ball like that. You can run he a quarterback jumped. sneak. He, you don't the put one, the ball out. He's like the that. one who physically leaped with the ball in the middle of the field like it was the goal line. Hey, Brenton, we can't interrupt Sean because we can't hear him if he interrupts <laughs> him because he's whispering. Look, look, Case Keenum has gotten a raw deal because he has no talent around him. Trent Williams is missing. Brandon Scherf is banged up and fighting through it. Terry McLaurin's a stud. I mean, he's a budding superstar, but he's still a rookie. Uh, it's like other that January. Did, did you? Does anyone else raise your hand if you remember Ryan talking about Terry McLaurin? Remember Pete talking about Terry McLaurin? Oh, please. Uh, John's raising his hand. Thank you, John. Uh, anyway, the point being is that, look, Case Keenum is is not going to win a bunch of games, and Jay Gruden says he's not going to make a change. But I'm going to tell you something. If you look at the Redskins' schedule, something is very, very, very obvious if you're Dan Snyder. Next week, you're going to New York, and you're playing Danny Dimes. And it's going to be tough to watch Danny Dimes, a.k.a. Daniel Jones, light up your Redskins secondary. That's not very good. Josh Norman had that pick, but it was he shouldn't have got it. Uh, with Dwayne Haskins on the bench, especially against the Giants defense, and it's just god-awful. So I would not be surprised if this week at 0-3 is the spot where we see Dan Snyder step in and force somebody's hand. Did, did Breach just uh, dunk on me for saying that? Yeah. Dunk. I said they're going to yeah, do dunk, it dunk. after week or, five, New England. The reason they wouldn't do it this week is because it's a short week. They just played on a Monday night, and that's a lot to put on your rookie quarterback. So I said they'd do it after the Patriots game in week five. Brinson was up walking, doing laps around his house, so didn't hear me say any of that. Yeah, sorry. I was actually yelling at my dog to shut the F up <laughs> out, the, out the window. Um, so, Ryan, this tweet that you're that I'm getting dunked on is like, this would be a huge deal if he goes in the first round. Uh, he went in the third round. And um, that's that's from an agent. What are you talking about? I said Terry McLaurin had a great senior bowl, looked sharp at Ohio State's pro day. This would be a huge deal if he were a first round pick. So you're just buttering up this agent? No, I'm not. But I, I feel free to click the link I just put in there from January. <laughs> the video no longer works. The HQ videos go away after a month or whatever. But the video was about how 
Terry McLaurin impressed at the Senior Bowl. All right, Ryan, since you also thought that Dwayne Haskins impressed, when do you think he makes his first start? I'm with John. I, it doesn't make sense to throw him out there right away. There were some conversations. Actually, I don't know. Was anyone on Twitter actually asking for that on Monday night? I saw people keep saying, there's no way you put him out there. But all I, I saw people saying was, don't put him out there. And I tend to agree with that because, as Breach just pointed out, he would take a beating and for no clear reason. Um, Did you get the Giants and the Dolphins in the next three weeks? Well, you just mentioned how we know that Dan Snyder loves um, Haskins because their sons went to school together or whatever. And he now also has to face the specter of seeing Danny Dimes out there and being one up by that, um, I still don't think you put him out there. You have to remember, uh, you don't have to remember, it's up, I mean, we know that the Redskins offense is dog doo-doo, and that's, I guess you could make the case that the Giants offense isn't much better, but at least they have Evan Ingram, Jordan Reed isn't playing because he has the concussions, and who knows when he comes back, um, but they have Terry McLaurin, who I, I've been talking about since January, um, but they don't have a running back. Um, which offensive line is better? They're both probably equally as bad, New York and, and Washington. But uh, the the difference, I would say, is that Daniel Jones has more experience playing in college. We know that um, uh, Dwayne only played one season. He went off last season, but I, I would not throw him out there. It's, there's no reason to unless you're John, Jake Rudin trying to save his job. And he seems so indifferent at this point wearing those grandma library glasses that I don't think he cares who plays quarterback. Uh, he's calling, as Sean points out, quarterback sneaks, goal line sneaks in the middle of the field. Um I, I would just wait. At this point, I would wait to whoever is going to be the next coach. And by the way, Booker McFarlane was doing his best to get Jay Gruden fired. He kept talking about whoever's next is going to have a lot of work to do. And that might have been the most uh, accurate thing he said all night. Mm. Uh, all right. Lamar? Lobar. Let's uh, uh, <laughs> not, not, not get into this bash. Ryan said it. No, no. I mean he's right. That's probably the most correct thing he said all night. Jay Gruden is going to be out of a job. He soon. said it I again. Think, I don't think that's – is that outrageous? The guy's terrible. Okay. Okay. All right. That's settled down now. Okay. Jay Gruden is uh, not no, terrible. No, no. Are you talking about Jake Jay Gruden? Yes, Jay Gruden. Oh, oh, I was like, Jesus, man. I was like, you don't have to burn Booger to the ground here. No, I, I said the most correct thing he said all night was that Jay Gruden is going to be looking for a job soon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Jay Gruden will make it. In, in, is this a football podcast? Are we allowed to talk about football? Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Wow, Ryan's angry. I know, I know, but you know where Jay Gruden was a star? In Arena Cincinnati. League star, right? No, oh. he's the offensive coordinator, man. Tore it up for the Bengals. Get him back, him and Zach Taylor. But let me ask you guys this and really kind of direct it at Sean. Did you think it was weird that the Bears went into a game with an injured kicker and decided – Yes, good call, Breach. I, I mean, that is just – you already have these kicker struggles. The last thing you need to do is throw your kicker in that situation. A kicker is literally the one position where you can call some up on the phone, have them at the stadium within an hour, sign them for a one-game deal, and and they're kicking. Like it's it's literally that easy. They don't have to learn the offense. They don't have to learn the defense. You don't send out an injured kicker who just won a game for you with a 53-yard field goal, who could presumably injure himself worse. Because it was his kicking leg that was hurt. I mean, it was just, it's insane that they did that. That, that to me, epitomizes how the Bears handle special teams. It was, it, it was my mind. It was, it was insane. I mean, like, they're like, all right, well, got to try this 45 yarder while we're up by 28 points. Certainly, that, just yeah. go for it on fourth down and like, right, right. Eddie Pinera's leg. You're like, hold on, Eddie, we're actually, we think you're better for 53. We're going to take a delay of game penalty and back this thing up and just make sure you really got some runway here, pal. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, I didn't think it made any sense. And then, hey, look, I'm glad they kicked late to push to to hit my uh, to hit the over the, the point total I needed. But man, I mean, 
I agree that I'm they, not going to kill them for it because they I, that whole preseason thing, like building up to it, where they couldn't find a kicker, and then it would look but like he he made all four of his extra points, and he went one or two on his field goals. It was fine. It's it's risky. If he had went out there and had a disaster night, then I think you blame him. But also, uh, I don't think or if we he went out there and had a Kevin Durant incident where he's got well, a banged up leg. Well, and... Breach, breach. That's the thing. Do we know that it's the kind of injury that it gets worse just by kicking? If your kicking leg is in pain, you probably shouldn't be using it. That's from Doctor Breach. I'm just saying I have a hard time believing if the Bears doctors were like, yes. He can kick through it, but but if he takes one hit, he's done for the year. I have a hard time believing. What do you think Trent Williams thinks about the Redskins doctors? Do do. Hey, speaking of the Redskins doctors, did you see? Have you seen the viral the thing the clip that's going viral of the um the guy guy, the guy in the background? Is that a doctor? No, 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 no. But he's he's like a he's stirring uh, Gatorade with a giant bag of uh, styrofoam cups in a plastic sleeve, which is you know might be innocuous, except. Those things have probably been lying around gathering dirt and dust for a long time, and he's just he's just raking this Gatorade with it. That makes no sense. That is so unsanitary. Maybe he was trying to poison Jay Gruden. <laughs> maybe maybe Jay Gruden's mixing cyanide into the Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a uh, Breaking Bad situation. Yeah, he's doing just, a hazmat suit. I mean, it's just dunking, just <laughs> dunking. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, anyway, so the Redskins now one and seventeen on Monday Night Football since nineteen ninety eight. That's that's a true thing. That's incredible. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll tell you about some news around the NFL and rank the best, the teams that are remaining, <laughs> the, the currently remaining undefeated teams. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. So uh, we got Terry McLaurin's agent on with us, Ryan Wilson. Yo, yo, yo. Who won't stop <laughs> hyping up Terry McLaurin. Why don't you, why don't you hype it? Why don't you tell us to draft him in fantasy? Yeah, well, I was going to say, why didn't you draft him I in our 2016 league? I talked him up. Paris Campbell was supposed to be a better player coming out of college because everyone was talking about Paris Campbell. And then Terry McLaurin has to date been better. I think Paris is hurt right now, but. Hey, Terry McLaurin's been, Terry McLaurin's been just going to win rookie of the year right now. Well, if they change quarterbacks. Unless Garrett Bradbury. (laughs) Garrett Bradbury. If Garrett Bradbury moves to tight end, there's still a chance. Or, or Gardner Minshew. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you something, Ryan. If you're going to be, no, 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 I'm dead serious. If you want 
you want to, you got to plant your flag on, on that. You I gotta, agree. Like, you got to bang the table and yell about how much you like Terry McLaurin and like go over the top and tweeting about him and being obnoxious and, and like, in that way, no, you do. Own it, man. There's so much noise out there that no one listens. And if you'd done it, we'd be like, God, Ryan nailed that. Instead, we're like, fake news. You got to take your victory lap because people will come after you for the ones that you miss on. So take your victory lap, man. And by the way, also start Terry McLaurin in uh, DFS next week because the Giants stink. Um, let's go to the news. That was my news thing. Do you like that? Uh, you show one more time. What? He's on one episode of the CBS Evening News, and, that, and now he's got his own theme song. And now. Newsman Will Brinson. That's what I think of. <laughs> Just the facts, nothing else. Cam Newton is out again in week four, to no one's surprise. I heard, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I heard some stuff about, this is a, a anyway. The camp thing is not. Oh, well, well, you can't, uh, there's nothing more irritating. You do plenty of things more irritating. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I shouldn't hyperbolize it, but you can't start a sentence like that and then move on. So I can't, I'm not at liberty to give us a, a, a vague picture of what you're talking about. Um, I think that, uh, I think that the camp's sort of struggling with this injury. Okay. Fair and, um, so it could be a while. And of course, Joe Person reported, uh, Joe Person, the athletic friend of the program reported that it is a, uh, list Frank. Ooh. Did, did you report that? No, I went to school with Joe. Uh, you did go to school with Joe. William Mary, that's right. Uh, list Frank injury for Cam. We're not sure how bad it is, but a list Frank injury would make sense if he suffered that, if he re, well, first of all, the timing of this, if he suffered that against the Patriots and then re-aggravated against Tampa Bay, I sort of think there's some buzz. Maybe there's some internal conflict with between Cam and the organization about maybe how it was handled or like when he went back out there. And I mean, I'm just basing that, that part on, on Ron Rivera's statements, right? Like Ron Rivera said a lot of things, um, that didn't really, like he's like, it's not the foot. Don't worry about the foot. It's not the foot. And then we find out that it's a list Frank injury. That's a big deal. And if he re aggravated on the play that Joe pointed out on Twitter, he was seven of eight at that time in that game. And then went to total crap against the Buccaneers. And that would make sense because a list Frank injury would completely alter your mechanics. If, if you have a list Frank injury, it's in the middle part of your foot. It is going to make it impossible. This red middle part of the foot, Sean. I'm not doing a doctor thing. It would make it impossible to, um, to, uh, to, to like properly place your weight and, and adjust to it. And so it makes sense to me that they're sitting him. Um, what would Kyle Allen? Yeah, we're going to get Dr. Brinson music. What would Kyle Allen need to do uh, in order to steal this job, Breach? Uh, well, I would think that if he wins three more games, because at that point you've won four in a row, and I don't think you can bench a quarterback who has won four games in a row. And the thing is, they've got three very, very winnable games coming up. They've got the Texans, which is going to be the hardest one. Then they play Jacksonville at home. That's winnable. And they play Tampa Bay in London. That's winnable. So then they go in their bye week. And if you've won four in the row at the bye, and that's going to give, you know, Cam's going to have two weeks to heal there. So that could be the spot where he's looking to come back. And if you're the Panthers coaching staff, uh, that's an awkward conversation if assuming that Kyle Allen leads them to a win in all three games. John, it would be his fifth win in a row because he started week 17 last year. And I would imagine that Brinson's uh, – Charlotte area phone callers to the radio shows. We be, be sure to bring that up. I'm telling you, I'm dead serious. I've, we have an email thread with a bunch of friends and it has gotten heated. It got heated on Monday with, uh, debates about, 
uh, Cam Newton, where you email with your friends. Chain, he said text chain, I think. Did you say text I, or email? No, it's email. A, it's an email thread with like oh, 20, cool. it's like 30 people, 30 email guys, 30 guys on an email. Nice. Um, it's too many for a text thread. Uh, by the way, to follow up on what Breach was saying, but, another reason that you might see Kyle Allen, you can follow up in a second. Um, Ron Rivera is going to be coaching for his job if they, if they lose these four games, he could be, I mean, they're not going to fire him in week seven, I don't think, but if you're, what are they? One and six or whatever. One and yeah, one and six. I'd be proud. Ron Rivera, in my opinion, will get the full run of the season. Um, and what, but what nothing happen- guaranteed beyond that. No, no, no. But look, what will happen if if Cam is not healthy and Ron Rivera and the Panthers are terrible and it, they're they'll do a full blown reboot and it'll be they'll. I mean, I believe that they will cut Cam or maybe he'll do something else. Um, uh, who knows? Wait, um, what do you mean by that? Maybe he'll. Yeah, maybe he'll call the dogs off and. What does that mean? You speaking of codes? <laughs> maybe he'll retire. Maybe he'll retire. I mean, Andrew Luck's retired. Who knows? I I understand what you were saying, Brenton. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm just saying. He's had two shoulder surgeries in the last couple of years. And they can. I'm sure we've mentioned this on the podcast, but there's only two million against the cap next year if they cut oh, him, so they save 19 million by cutting him. And, and and I've been saying this for weeks and months now. Cam Newton is not going to play next year on a lame duck deal. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to do it. But you know what? I, I think and we talk about all this quarterback getting hit and all this stuff. Andrew Luck's the only one that retired. Peyton Manning didn't retire until he was old. Eli Manning didn't retire. He got benched. So we'll, we'll see what happens next year. I think Andrew Luck is different in that he has Jake other Lock- interests Jake- outside of football. Jake mm-hmm. Locker retired. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I was actually going to make a Jake Locker joke. I was like, don't disrespect Jake, Jake Locker. Jack- and then Brenton Jake- went seriously. Jake on it. Cutler retired. But he retired after a long career. I mean, kind of. He was in his thirties. I mean, Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler also retired. So was Andrew, no one, no one really wanted to sign him too. I mean, I would, I would guess that the last three to four years have worn on Cam Newton pretty aggressively. Two shoulder surgeries, and now what else would he be doing? Though is my question. I don't know. Making hats. Okay. Scarf. <laughs> Scarf making, weaving scarves. I don't know. He's a fashion guy. Remember, okay. he's going to France like, this summer. <laughs> Couldn't get the first class ticket. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, I look, I, I think if Cam Newton doesn't play again this season and the Panthers win less than eight games, then there is a pretty good chance that Cam, Ron Rivera, and Marty Herney will all be shown the door by David Tepper, who, um, is a, is a new owner with a lot of money and, uh, I, not, probably not a lot of patience for lack of success. It's my guess. I don't know. I don't know if they can upgrade from Cam and Ron Rivera and Marty Herney. I think they've all done a pretty good job over the, the course of their tenure there. But I just think that, I mean, the way that it lines up is not is not uh, beneficial for them. So Cam Newton's going to miss again. But look, Ron Rivera might go to Rome with Kyle Allen and maybe, you know, who knows. Uh, and by the way, he said, what Cam needs right now is time and rest for his foot. We want him at 100% when he's ready, so there's no exact timetable for his return. At this point, we're going to go forward with Kyle as our starter. He added when Cam came back, he would be the starter. As you guys point out, that changes if he wins four straight games. Saquon Barkley is... Not out for the season, so he's got that going for him. He will be out for a while. Expected to miss several weeks. I think the estimates we we uh, we saw were between four and eight weeks. Um, Shermer, Pat Shermer said we certainly believe in Wayne Gallman that he'll be able to step in and do his very best. I like that. Um, <laughs> like it's like the same thing. It's not that, quite the like God forbid I get in there level quote, but that still is not very confidence building. He's going to try hard, guys. Yeah. Um, it stinks for Daniel Jones to have this happen because you would love to have Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley at the same time. Can I present a counter argument to yeah, that? I actually, I actually like this counter argument, but go ahead. 
Um, and I actually meant to do it on yesterday's podcast, but I think there's, while Saquon's, you know, obviously the best player on the Giants, regardless of position, I think there's a chance if Saquon's there, they go really run heavy, conservative Seattle style where you run the ball in first and second down and then you set up third and seven, third and eights. And that's the situation, you know, with a bad offensive line, with a rookie quarterback where defenses know you're passing, you don't want to be in. I think there's a chance that offensively they're forced to get more aggressive because they don't have Saquon, which means they can't just lean on their running game, which means could result in more running or sorry, more throwing on first down, more rolling them out. Um, so I think. Look, I love Saquon. This is an indictment of him, but sometimes when you have a, a running back as good as that, we see it. We saw it with the Cowboys the last couple of years. Even though they had Dak Prescott, they had Zeke, so they said the offense has to run through him. Um, and as you know, Jared Dubin on their site has written plenty of times, the Zeke-led offense, for as good as Zeke was, wasn't that efficient. And I think it was the same way for the Giants. So I think this might actually force them to be a little bit more modern, a little bit more aggressive, and I think that could benefit Daniel Jones. Mm. Uh, you know what else is the the argument that I was going to make is um, was it that one? No, no, it was a different okay. one than Saquon Bar- Saquon Barkley's ankle injury is good for the Saquon Barkley. Yeah. No, that's eight weeks of carries that he's not going to load up in a lost uh, giant season. So like he like he's not going to run the ball three hundred and sixty times this year because he's going to be out eight weeks and probably be tender when he comes back. So maybe the Giants can do some stuff this offseason, retool around Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and uh, he'll be fresher for next year. I don't know. That's yeah, looking for the optimism there, right? Yeah, I mean, one more year with no production—not one more year with no production, but no production this year. Then you got to pay him twenty-five million dollars a year. One year closer to that. Mm. All right, elsewhere. You go to the wrong Google Doc. By the way, I love your. He loves your live Google updates. When Brinson isn't listening to us, he's looking up something, and the transition is. Mm. Mm. All right, moving on. You did that, you did that twice on that. Mmm. <laughs> I wasn't listening. I know. I know what it means. What was I looking up? I don't know what I was looking up. Um, Do you want to transition to the next topic or what? Freddie Kitchen says that he's not considering giving up play calling. We don't have to talk about this. You know why? Because I already talked to it about with Jason Lockerfora on Monday's uh, episode. So go listen to that. Can I ask something? Because I scribbled this down while you were talking. and Mm. mm, At me. In (laughs) terms of uh, I wrote down eight guys that could possibly get fired this year. I think Freddie Kitchens is on that list. Okay, JLC called me a hot take lunatic for mentioning that. You mentioned it after week one. Is that the, what you're referring to? Because I listened to that one. No, I brought it. I brought it back. Okay, I brought it. I back. agree. Week oh, one was a little bit early. Who's your list, Ryan? Oh, he mutes himself. Once he muted himself. He just dunked on himself when he went yeah, to the work. Of Sorry, the number list. number one is uh, Jay Gruden. <laughs> number two is uh, Dan Quinn because he's underwhelming in Atlanta. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's very likely to get fired. Yeah, Dougie Marone is having trouble keeping all the balls in the air in Jacksonville. Frederick Kitchens, or the outhouses, I like to call them. Uh, is there a chance that Adam Gase gets fired? Because I have him on my list. Yes. Yes. If, if, not based on anything that they're doing now, but if Darnold comes back and then Darnold doesn't look good, because he has this built-in excuse now. He didn't just lose his starting quarterback. He lost his backup. And I don't think, for as much as we hate Adam Gase on this podcast, or at least— I don't hate him. Right? He's just terrible. It's— <laughs> Yeah, for as much as me and Ryan have been talking, uh, calling Adam Gase doo-doo for the last couple of weeks, Not him I don't think any coach right now is winning with what the Jets have at quarterback. So I, I, don't, I can't blame him for this. But if, if, if Sam Darnold comes back and he looks bad, then or worse, he gets Or worse, he gets hit and his spleen explodes, then Adam Gase is definitely getting fired. 
And the sand darter might be dead, so let's hope that doesn't happen. You die if you, you die. They said oh, for the last for the Monday night football game between the Browns, there's a report during the game. They were like, "Yeah, the problem is that his spleen is enlarged. If he takes a hit, he could die." And I was like, "Yep, that sounds like it could be a little bit of a problem for football." So Ron Rivera, we talked about uh, him I, on my I, list. Uh, hold on, allow me, to, uh, Dr. Brinson, to get in here. Oh, go ahead. What do you got? Can result in shock and death. I just googled it. I beat Brinson to the punch. Wow, I think Breach is the new doctor of the pod. Yeah. I got Brenton's PhD. This is, this is like Scrubs. <laughs> Did you just like punch me and steal my doctorate? Like punch you in the spleen. <laughs> ah! uh, a ruptured spleen is an emergency medical condition that occurs when the capsule-like covering of the spleen breaks open, pouring blood into your abdominal area. Depending on the size of the rupture, a large amount of internal bleeding can occur. I'm guessing that the rupture would be bad if it happened on a football field. So what if he comes out there wearing like mounds and mounds of bubble wrap? Don't start him. Don't bring him back, please. Let him red. Let him, don't, this is, this is a spleen and quarterback guy who gets tackled in spleen area plus large spleen. Bad idea. Ryan, the thing, I think I want to know is where is Mike Tomlin on your list? Yep. So it, it, here, let Ooh. me finish my list. Ron Rivera is on there. And then my guy, Matt Patricia is on there because they started strong, but if they, they nosedive. That would be two crappy years in a row. You don't Except think so? Bob, Quinn, Bob Quinn's got his back. I think if he can get to, if he can get to seven wins, he's not getting fired. Mm, okay. That's they, a they lot. Did, uh, yeah, Detroit exactly. Lions bar, ladies and gentlemen. Seven wins and you're safe. Unless you're um, Jim Caldwell, 97 back to back. <laughs> and then my the number eight guy on my list, and it pained me to write this. I had to write my left hand, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, sure. Well, I think, I, look, man, I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of having great players and under being so GD underwhelming. Gosh darn is what I was going to say. Every friggin' year with these players with stupid play calls. Wasn't and, it three weeks ago you were talking about how like he's going to win coach of the year and now he's going to show us all wrong how he's underappreciated? You said that. You said that. Oh, you had the wrong guy, dude. That's I don't a, know. Sounds like one. Say. And then you were like, and I went to school with Sean McDermott. <laughs> what about yeah, what about Pat the, Shermer? Do you think they'll give him an automatic year with Daniel Jones? Or what if he went 3-13? and 13? Do you think that's enough to – to get him canned. See, I think the Mike Tomlin thing, he's got Big Ben built as, a, as an excuse. Yes, it's Dude. a Gase Darnold excuse. Yeah, and and he's he has a lot of winning seasons. The Steelers have three coaches since 1969. That's right. They, they really, really don't want to fire Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin. Ryan Wilson picked Mike Tomlin when Coach of the Year on our website. So yeah, but did I did I pick him yesterday, Sean? Up. When did I? I said three weeks ago that the story published 20 days ago, actually 21 days ago from tomorrow. You said so I was, I was exactly podcast. right. Quit yelling. Oh, you just screenshot. Did you hear that noise? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I picked up the one that Who did you screenshot? When they had everyone on the team. But my point is that, um, he could stick around. Dude, you're <laughs> frozen. You're frozen. Your Skype is freezing up. So I screenshotted you. Okay. How's my voice? Is it still good? Yeah, you Ryan. Sean. Oh, okay. So listen, the thing is, I, I think, uh, whoever said it <laughs> is that Tomlin could stick around if he fires the coordinators because of the history he has and all the winning and he's a player's coach and all that. But at the end of the day, that's where the buck stops. And, and I, you know, as a fan of the Steelers, I would like to see something different happen. And this is the first time since hey, 07 when he was hired that I've been off the door. By speak, the way, speaking of the I bucks, pick, I, I pick Freddie Kitchens to win the coach of the year. So. <laughs> speaking of the bucks stopping here, uh, what about Bruce Arians? No, I mean that stupid comment. By the way, uh, Breach, what do you think about him walking back the comment? I think that was the worst comment. Yeah, that's what he did. How you? He had 24 hours to think about this and somehow said something that was actually worse. So it didn't make sense. And I did see a few tweets today saying, "Well, he just changed the angle of the kick." But the thing was, the Bucks' field goal attempt was from the middle of the field. 
They literally, Jameis Winston took a snap and fell down two yards further back, which they lost on top of the five yards. So they actually lost seven yards and then fell in the middle of the field. So the angle did not matter. It was just literally one of the most mind-boggling coaching decisions in the history of football, by the way. Why can't Bruce Arians get fired? They're one and two. What if they win three games? They stink. They're bad. Because these boys with Jason Light, man, you got to fire both of them. But he took over a bad team. Okay. I think you got to get Bruce Arians to go. You're going to let the guy return from retirement draft their next quarterback? That's insane. Well, that was the whole point was to find out if it could make it work with Jameis Winston. So they're not going to hold it against him if he can't because nobody else could. And they'll say, all right, you tried with Jameis. It didn't work. Let's get you a new quarterback in here. So I think this is more like a test year for him. I don't think there's any way Arians gets fired this year. They had five head coaches since 2009. That's when I I was 27. They've had five head coaches since since I turned 27. Get out of here. I don't think Jameis played that poorly against the Giants either. I watched that game today. No. No, the Giants are all. No one plays poorly against the Giants. They were up 28 to 10 and lost to Danny Dimes on his first start. What are you doing? Tell me he can't get fired. He can get fired. How dare you, sir? Um, Can Brian Flores get fired? See that? I I thought I'd put him on my list because, of course, he's with an 0-3 team, but I, I do wonder if Stephen Ross, the owner, is all in on this rebuilding project that is could very easily blow up in their faces. With I don't know what you do with forty draft picks. I don't know how here's you. Here's a them. here's a sneaky one, Mike Vrabel. No, uh, John might know better because he's the Nashvilleian. But I feel like he's. I think the issue there more so than with um, Tampa Bay is the quarterback. I mean, they're one and two. Yeah, I know. They they're look terrible in the last game. Yeah, you think no Mike way. Vrabel no way, would cut off his penis to keep his job? Sean, I feel like you just love saying that word. I know. Vrabel? I'm 27. I like to say penis. I mean, you're oh, actually, off- it, is, it is your real birthday. Happy birthday. No, it's, it's 9-11 here, so. Jeez, Sean. Jeez, Jeez. Sean. Um, would you, what about Vic Fangio? Nah. I could see Although, John Elway getting it. He did it to Vance Joseph, and I mean, yeah. they have looked like trash. Don't, they don't have any sacks. The, the bread and butter of that team is the defense. Vic Fangio is supposed to know defense, and that team has looked horrible. That is one I could see. Elway pulling the trigger. Firing, out. firing a coach in back-to-back years after. What well, advantages have got two years, I guess, right? But still, he got fired last year. Yeah. Um. And by by the way, the case you like, hey, uh, Vic. Yeah, yeah, John, what's going on? I'm gonna need you to pack your fanny pack and uh, get on out of here. And then the Bears' defense will be so good this year that someone will hire Chuck Pagano, and then the Bears can hire Vic Fangio right back. Boom. Uh, the Broncos, by the way. Have had six head coaches since 2009. If you count Eric Studisville of the, the interim coach for Josh McDaniels. And you could actually say John Elway's the bigger culprit here than Vic Fangio. Yeah. Because I don't think Vic Fangio's the one that, that drove John El, uh, excuse me, Joe Flacco to, to Denver to be the quarterback. And look, Vic Fangio's gonna take whatever job he got offered. Cause he, yeah, he, cause he, he never gets offers. Right, exactly. Um, McDaniels in 09 to 2010. Studeville was the interim for, uh, four games. John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Vance Joseph, Vic Fangio. Not great, Bob. Um, there's one more. Uh, what about Lance, Lance, uh, Anthony Lynn? Lance Lynn. That's it. The, the team's going to go eight and eight. So, uh, are you okay with eight and eight? If the, if the Chargers go eight and eight, that is a massive. Disaster. I don't think he gets fired at eight and eight though. Maybe. Uh, I like that we were supposed to rank undefeated teams and we did the opposite, which was rank coaches that will get fired. Well, as Debo just pointed out to me, 
damn it, this turned into a worthwhile conversation to carry us, and we, we already promised to rank the undefeated teams. So let's rank those undefeated teams. Uh, we all agree that the number one team on this list, so we don't need to mess around with it, the number one team is the Buffalo Bills. Who do you guys have at number two? Uh, the number one team, obviously, is the New England Patriots. I found this stunning. I'm not sure if it's been updated yet. I hope it has. Is it a fun fact? Well, it's actually, a stunning I, fact. I did the math. Um <laughs> I did the math because the update because I looked at Football Outsiders drive charts on defense, mm-hmm. and then I did the math for the for their week three game. Uh, the Patriots are allowing less than sixteen yards per drive. Yeah, that's that the better that is, than the offense. That is unbelievable. The next closest uh, coming going into Sunday night was the Rams at twenty two point five. So listen, um, before you move, or you can move on, but before we do the number two team, I feel like we should all say the number two team together at the same time because I feel like it could be different. Detroit. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely going to be different. I feel like at least one person will be different. Well, we don't need to say it at the same time. I mean, no, let's do it at the same time. Come we'll on. add some entry. And if we all say the same thing, we can all jinx each other, and then no one can okay. talk for the rest of the podcast right. and we, we can know go what, to sleep. We know Sean is going to whisper. Jeez. Uh, so on the count of three, we'll all say the number two, uh, best team in the, in the, in the, so way. are we going one, two, three, go? Yes, one, John. Two, You're 27. Get with it. <laughs> one, two, three. Chiefs. Chiefs. What'd you say, Brenton? Cowboys. Oh, you're the only one. I think it was three Chiefs, right? Yeah. yeah. I got, I'll take the Cowboys. I just did it to be a contrarian, but I, I do think the Cowboys have an argument for being, they have a higher point differential. They might be a, they might be a more complete team than the Chiefs. And if I, the Chiefs played the Dolphins, though, what would the score? If they if they actually played Mahomes for the full game, 85. I think they would have a legitimate chance to like set the score no, record. I, mean, look, I, I have no problem, but you have the Chiefs at two if you want. I, I, I have the Cowboys at three for what it's worth. So. I, I I think the I mean I think I think the Cowboys would give the Chiefs a very good game. On a neutral field, what's the line? Um, the Chiefs would be Chiefs, minus three. Chiefs by four. Yeah, probably Chiefs oh, by four. That's yeah. closer. Yeah. Well, you think so? Yeah, because everybody loves betting the Chiefs. Okay, fair enough. Everybody loves betting the Cowboys, too. The over-under would be high. I think there would be a lot of points scored in that game. Can I point um, something out, by the way? I, I know Jay Gruden played on Monday night, but John Gruden traded Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper for those first-round picks. The Raiders would be incredible, a much better team with those players. I just want to point that out because one plays on the Cowboys and one plays on the Bears, which you talked about. Hot take. Ryan thinks the Raiders would be better with Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper than without I just harken back to it because everyone loves draft picks. Everyone thinks first round picks are the magical elixir to everything. And, and, you know, it's, and you actually pointed this out on Twitter, Sean, that trying to back you up as you try to dunk on me and you (laughs) get jammed by the, get rim checked. You pointed out on Twitter that, um, I know that the draft, uh, the Twitter, the what? What'd you say? Rim stuffed, not rim checked. I was like, Jesus, Sean, did you I mean, say this guy is, tw- can you believe this guy's 27 years old and lives by his bedroom apartment? Jalapeno Grigio Deep doing an NFL podcast on his 27th birthday. Whispering. But anyway, Sean made this point on Twitter that uh, a lot of the, the Twitter know-it-alls think the draft picks are better than, than as having SP, to go likes to call them the Twitter police. The Twitter police, thank you. Sergeant, it, Brinson, Sergeant Brinson and the Twitter police. It makes no sense to me why on any planet that would make sense to trade the Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. If you can't make Amari Cooper work in your offense, your offense is terrible. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry. Does anybody, uh, who do you guys, Ryan and uh, uh, John, who do you have at number three behind the, I have obviously have the Chiefs at three. Uh, we, I have the Cowboys. I, would, I bet John does too. I have the Cowboys because Ryan and I are back on the same page. Yeah, oh, look, look who's Mr. Point Differential now, Breach. Just uh, taking the team to higher point differential. What? That is ridiculous, Sean. Sean, who do you have at number four? 
the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, I'm with you. I got them at four too, Ryan. Because got... of their defense, not their offense. Their off their defense is top five in the league. Yeah, it is very very good. I didn't buy in until I saw them. But They're very they good. Are. They're very good. Yep. But you saw yeah. them one. Huh? You saw them week one against the Bears. Yeah, I'm saying, but before the year, season, I was calling it a right. question because they were supposed to be good last year too, and they didn't make the leap. For sure. Okay, cool. I thought you were like saying until I saw. I was like, no, 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 no. Until these all three games, until I've seen all three games, and I'm I'm fully on board with them being a top five defense. Okay. Uh, who you got? Breach at number three. At number four, <laughs> hmm, I have also the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to go last because then it sounds like I'm copying you guys. But I, I think- haven't gone yet. Okay, your turn, Wilson. Rams. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say the Rams. I didn't want to say that because then it looked like we were agreeing again. I don't want people to think this is fixed. Right. No, I got the Rams at four. Um, I got the Rams at five. I got the Rams at five, too. What, Sean, what's your panic level on the the possibility that the Packers – did you see the meme that was out there about the Ninja, the Ninja Turtle meme? Uh, Aaron Nagler tweeted it out, but it's like – you know, it's like the – um the splinter meme where splinter's big and the Ninja Turtles are small. It was like Aaron Rodgers in the Packers defense. And it was like, and now there's like the suggestion was that now it is the Packers defense. that may carry Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Does he look that good? I, no, I mean the Matt LaFleur offense, I think has been a, and it's only three games obviously, but it's been really disappointing. The thing that the reason why I have the Packers above the Rams is because if you're still talking about the Packers in the playoffs and that defense is going to hold opponents, you know, to 14 or 20 points, if, if you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side, it doesn't matter if you're in a terrible offense or not because he can still single-handedly, you know, piece together a touchdown drive um, and pull a rabbit out of his hat, as a great commentator would once would say. So uh, that's why I have the the Packers at at four. And you're right. What would be scary? is if this offense actually does start to roll along and you combine them with that defense, then you're talking about they're rivaling the Patriots and Chiefs. That was my – so what's your panic level? Sounds like zero. Low, very low. Uh, so you think Aaron Rodgers is washed up? Not washed. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in, in football, but I think his days as the best quarterback is long gone. I'm laughing because I can see Sean's neighbor with his ear to the wall, like just yelling, Sean, this is stupid takes. No, my neighbor's a nice guy. That's not, come on. He's a Packers. No, I, I think he would just I, no, no one, let's be real. You guys hate the fact that three times a week you get to listen to me yell about football. Imagine if you weren't even in the conversation, but you could just hear one side of it, and it's me yelling about Mitch Trubisky winning MVP. Like, that would annoy anyone. Yeah, well, if your neighbor listens to the podcast, he wouldn't only listen to one side. I could hear all of it. Maybe he'll listen to this one. Where is the gap here? Uh, is it between the Cowboys and the Rams or the Rams and the Packers? And if, if, and if it, wherever it is, like how big is the gap? Like, do you put the Cowboys in the elite teams? I do, obviously, because I have it too with the Chiefs and the Patriots. But, um, do you, are the Packers right there? The Rams right there? What do you think? I have multiple tiers. So I have the Patriots, Chiefs in their own tier. And then I have the Cowboys and Packers in their own tier. And then I think I have, I don't want to spoil my list, but then I have the Bills alone in their own tier. And then I have the 49ers and Lions on their own tier. Own tier. Can you say tier more often? You, you said tier 45 times. You said tier 39. Like I have 49 tiers for eight teams. <laughs> I think the top three. Sean will probably spend most of his birthday crying. <laughs> I think everyone agrees it's the Pats. <laughs> everyone but Sean agrees it's the Pats, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys in one tier. Um, I had the Rams just above the Packers. Um, I think the thing's right with the Packers. So the gap then is between the the Cowboys and the Rams slash Packers. Like it's yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. 
I think that's probably right. And I mean, if, and but ironically, it's because Sean McVay's offense hasn't looked great. Jared Goff is sort of but taking it's looked better back. than the Packers' offense. Sure, but like, and because Aaron Rodgers hasn't, you know, been been very good as well. Uh, who do you have? Uh, who do you have next? Number six. Number six, I have. I think we're on number six. Yeah, right. Sure. I have the uh, Sean's favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. As do I. Mm. As do I. Um, trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Well, there's only two teams left. Yeah, I, that's fine. No, there's three teams left because the Lions are undefeated. Boom in your face. Whoa, that was a boom in your face. Nice <laughs> layup, Brenton. I will. Uh, that's no, a little. That's, a little yeah, that's like a. That's like a Tim Duncan off the backward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little. It's a very. It's a turnaround finger roll. That's a free throw bank shot. Way to go. <laughs> underhand. It's like the underhand. The underhand with the backspin. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think the Bills are there. Their defense is really good. So let me ask this though: Why are we all sleeping on it? If you look at Football Outsiders through two weeks, San Francisco's the third-ranked team behind. Um, the Pats and, and the Ravens before they lost. Why are we all sleeping on the 49ers? Well, two weeks, uh, DVOA does not account for, um, uh, opponent through two weeks, right? I think it takes like what? Jameis Winston gave them their first Who? game of the season. Jameis Winston gave Super them sixes. the first game of the season. They got oh. to play against Mason Rudolph, who was absolute trash, and then the Bengals. Like, what? come on now. Anybody would be top five DVOA if they went up against that schedule to start the season and got the gifts the 49ers have been giving. I would I almost say the 49ers are, the road. I, mean, I will they, say that the 49ers defensive line, which was supposed to be its strength, has been awesome. And if yeah. you've got a great defensive line like that and you've got a quarterback who can make enough throws in a Kyle Shanahan offense where he's scheming guys open um, and you can get enough out of your running backs like they do, then – and I think this team can get better. Like, they haven't been that good offensively, right? I mean – I mean, they turned the ball over five times on Sunday. As you pointed out, Sean, those are crazy turners. They weren't even like bad decisions. They were just people dr- literally dropping the ball. Mm. I think uh, the offense is, is coming <laughs> together. I would put I would put the Bills, Lions, and Forty ers all on the same tier, uh, personally, because what? stop with the Lions. What are you doing? They're, <laughs> they're two own one. They choose their own one. They but they're not. That, they're not the same, Sean. Tier. How many defeats have the Lions suffered? Zero defeats. So you would say they are then, but they're not. They're not in the same conversation as the Bills and Forty Nineers. Well, they quite literally are. That's the, that's the conversation. Is all right. And then here's here's the question. I think Ryan maybe is asking without asking it. Five of the eight teams that are undefeated are from the NFC. How many of those five teams do you think will miss the playoffs? Thank you. <laughs> I don't think this question Ryan was going for. That's a good I know. It's a good question. I John just threw your free throw into the bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> he just went Nick Nolte on blue chips. It was like grabbed the ball, punted into the stands. Um, I think the Cowboys are a lock for the playoffs. Um, I, th- I think the Cowboys are the only lock for the playoffs of the undefeated NFC teams yeah, because it would not stun me at all if either like, I don't think I think the NFC North is. I mean, there are four playoff, four potential playoff teams in there. The Lions could easily be three. Well, Ryan, no, I know that four aren't going to make the playoffs because only <laughs> from one you said them. easily the, the Lions are not making the playoffs. <laughs> Sean just said, uh, John just said that uh, they're not getting to seven wins, and I agree with that. The, Did John the, say that any one of the any one of the NFC North teams could win that division and make the playoffs? That's, Except for the Lions. 
No, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> they could not win the division, Brinson. I will bet you anything you yeah, want right I, now. I'm actually the Lions are not winning that division. This. You name the price and the unless, odds. Unless Rogers, Cousins, Mack, and like Trubisky get hurt, that's not happening. Okay. You just and, free- and the Bears forfeit the rest of their games. Have you ever seen anyone get a free throw block three times in one shot? <laughs> um, hold on, I gotta find something. What are you gonna find? What are you looking up that could possibly confirm that the Lions are going to? Mm. What's he doing? He's holding his phone to the mic next week, and Drew Brees is staying in LA. So here's the thing: if he's out for, let's just say, same timeline as Roethlisberger, let's say three to five weeks, their season's over. Like this isn't. I like. Mason Rudolph, I think the Steelers could win one or two games with him. The Saints are not winning anything with Teddy Bridgewater. They're not going to beat the Seahawks in Seattle next week. They have a zero, zero percent chance of that happening. Tires and zero. It's probably like seven. No, it's zero. You know what <laughs> <laughs> Some listener said that to me. He's like, you got to play that back on the pod. Oh, it's, okay. it's, it's breached for a few weeks. Could y'all hear that enough? Yeah, we heard it plenty. We should I, just I, make I would... sure to note that I am uh the top against the spread picker at CBS Sports. Since I had that thrown in my face, I just want to throw out that fun fact. I I'm do last. like, by the way, I'm fully now on board with getting Brinson the soundboard because for people who don't know, he was just holding his phone on speaker to the microphone. Well, somebody clipped it from the uh Alexander Ward, who's a, a, a big fan of the show. Listen, clipped it from like the, he was listening to it after like after the like he went back and found it, it was like. Hey, you should by, get by the way, that has just, nothing to do with your... I just blocked Alexander Ward on Twitter. Well, that has Breach, nothing to do with, with Brinson's t- hot take about the Lions making the playoffs. Also, speaking of fake news from Breach, he's not in first. Dubin's in first. You're one game back at Dubin. What? Uh, womp, womp. You got dunked on. All right. Uh, are the 49ers going to make the playoffs? I don't think so. But you know what? They're, right now, they're better than Seattle. And I like Seattle coming yeah. in at the time. I think the 49ers can win that division easily. Oh, stop it. You think every team can win the division? In every division? They're 3-0. Hot take. Brenton thinks undefeated team could win division. <laughs> what do you – I mean, I don't – Technically, the Lions haven't lost a game, so they could win the division. They're on pace for how many wins? Oh, my God. All right, we got to get out of here. This is ridiculous. Let's get out of under an hour. We broke them, finally. It took Here's a fun days. fact, because we ranked all – The only fun fact of the podcast. Don't pressure. Don't mess we, it up. We ranked all of – the undefeated teams. And so here's the thing. You do not want to be the last remaining undefeated team because that team never wins the Super Bowl. The last time it happened was 2006 with the Colts. You said never. <laughs> and then what did he say? <laughs> yeah. It was a fun fact that the delivery was lacking, though. Yeah. It, it's only happened once this century. How about that, Brenton? Nice. So right. not would not be zero percent then. I just went for the that deep as you tell me to wrap for like twenty minutes. We haven't done a mailbag in a while. We're gonna bring that back. <laughs> yeah, mailbag. But we're gonna do a bonus mailbag edition. So go on I, Apple Podcasts, leave a five star rating, or you can do it in the Facebook group. Drop us a note, leave us a question. We're gonna do a big mailbag, bonus mailbag, drop it. it can be about football, fantasy, life, whatever. Sean's birthday, what he did, dating life, we don't care. Anything we'll answer it. You guys let us know and uh We'll, uh, we'll answer all those questions, so drop some reviews on there. In the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, and talk to you guys tomorrow. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last. 
with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.